Welcome everybody back to the Built Different podcast. I'm joined here with Bill the Thrill, Dom, and I'm your host, Tom. Dom, Tom, the Dom and Tom connection, Dom, Tom, Bill, whatever you want to call us, we're the NFL podcast. And this is episode 29 of an NFL podcast. So, you know, our teams are long gone. So this will be less of a depressing episode. Yep. We're going to talk about all the coaching, you know, changes because we got a lot of them. We got some interesting, interesting hires lately. Um, then we're going to talk some playoffs. Um, but how you guys doing? Crazy week of work. So got a lot going on, but I, I'm always ready for a good weekend of football. And we got two games left for the last time last week with multiple games left. So. Feeling great. Uh, I'm excited for both matchups. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm moving down to the city on Sunday, man. So I'm um, studying. Dang. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. So I'm studying. I'm studying for my, my test and shit like that. And Sunday, I'll be make sure, I'll probably leave leaving early so I can watch the game with my dad. So I'm super excited to do that. And he's also, like I said, a Dolphins fan. So awesome. it took. we haven't even talked about the game. Like, <laughs> I talk to my dad every day. We haven't even talked about the game. Yeah, so I'm letting him. I'm letting him. He's had enough time now. Yeah, you should yeah, be able to talk. Yeah, man. Yeah, you guys got a lot going on. Um, you know, I'm back to working yeah. again. Um, again, again, I got hired at three jobs right now, so I'm like working one, leading on the other, and then I'm actually gonna work at the third one. So it's it's been interesting, as you can tell. I got the Wolverine shirt on. I got the Wolverine hair. Um, but I'm ready for this episode. So. You know, some recent headlines, you know, our, our most, most, most recent headline that we got today was that the Falcons have hired their head coach. And it's not Billy B. Bill, why don't why don't you why don't you take us through this a little bit? Yeah, so just to start, um Falcons hire Raheem Morris, uh Rams defense coordinator, who a lot of players are very supportive of, but man, if you're the Falcons, is this the time to bring in a defensive mind when you have a bunch of underutilized offensive talent? I'm very uncertain that a defensive mind in his second iteration as a head coach is the right move. This feels like it might be a good long-term move. Falcons are built to win in that division right now. They're a quarterback away, and I don't know what quarterback might follow Raheem Morris around. Like, there's nobody that comes to mind that would be crazy loyal to him. I don't like it for the Falcons. If I'm anybody else in the NFC South, I'm pretty happy about this move. That's I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good move. I think Atlanta needs Atlanta needed a black coach. I feel like just the city of Atlanta needed a black coach in there. Um, I'm happy that the NFL has an, has another black coach in there. They'll probably get a black quarterback, to be honest. Um, they'll probably get. They'll probably try to instead of instead of trying to get Caleb, they might try to get Jalen. You know what I'm saying, Daniels. So that would be interesting. Um, but I agree. I'm confused why they wasn't Jacksonville. I feel like it's more of a thing of like Bill wasn't. I feel like there was some things Bill was not ready. Was not like willing to like give up. I feel like. I, I feel like we don't know what Bill wants. You know what I'm saying? Like, does Bill want to? I know what Bill wants. I know what Bill wants. Okay. What does he want? Listen, 
if Bill wanted to coach this season, he would have signed anywhere he wanted. I can guarantee you that. There was reports that the Falcons were trying their hardest to impress Bill Belichick. You know what I think happened? I think Bill Belichick wanted that Cowboys job. He's obviously not getting it this year. I don't think the Cowboys are going to make any noise next year. I think he gets the job next year after a nice year in the Bahamas. So you think? I think that's. I think that's what Billy. You think he? You think he tanked? You think he tanked? Not tanked, but I think like the interviews. No, I mean, I I think he took it seriously, like, but I I don't think he was overly impressed by anyone. I mean, he could have been offered a job. Yeah. Here's the thing. Judging by this hire, I don't really think the Falcons know too much of what they're doing because they went with the safe pick. They went with the guy that was there before. I think he was an interim head coach for them um, before. And, you know, is he a good coach? He's he's a decent coach, but obviously, you know, I don't think it's really the right move. At the same time, if the Falcons are to get a really good quarterback, I think this is a great move if he actually brings a good defensive mind to the team. Because he that team's going to need a quarterback that doesn't really need to rely on you know too much coaching. And I think it's actually... It could be a perfect move because the Falcons' defense wasn't anything really to you know be happy about last year. So bringing in a defensive mind, that's going to hopefully change things. Um, and then, you know, get a good quarterback and the Falcons are actually probably a top NFC team. But like I said, I mean, if Billy, if, if Bill Belichick really wanted that Falcons job, it was his, <laughs> you know, I don't think I, I, I think Atlanta, I think Bill was like, I don't cause I don't know if Bill wants to stop being a GM. I don't know if Bill wants to stop calling plays. I don't know if Bill wanted to bring his own guys over. And if Atlanta says no to all of that, that's not going to work. And I would say no to that too. If if Bill's like, yeah, I want to, I want to scout and draft players. I'm telling him no. If Bill's saying I want to bring my, I want to bring yeah. my guys over. Anybody on that offensive end? I want I'm Jimmy G. No. Yeah, no. no, not even Jimmy G. Just the yeah. play calling itself. Like yeah. the people that are coaching. I don't want none yeah. of them in my facility. So if Bill's on that type of timing, I'm saying no as well. So I don't think he like I don't think it's a I think I if Atlanta offered him he would have accepted it. I think that he was on some like these are kind of what I want to do and they just weren't aligning. And I don't know what team's gonna align. I see him being uh and I can see like my my dream scenario is like Bill coming to Cleveland and overseeing some things, you know, player personnel, coaching. Like that type of stuff, but like not actually like being X's and O's. Maybe more like front office type of thing. I don't know, but like since he already he started like that would be some real full circle shit. Yeah. I I'd I'd like to see that. I yeah. wouldn't mind that at all. But or I I'm not sure where this actually fell apart in Atlanta. I don't. It. I think you're very much onto something. I think is if. He mentions the words Josh McDaniels, then right. <laughs> Falcons needed to walk away from that table. That and I'm not percent. shocked that that happened. Like, that's anybody, though. That's any team. If he mentions Josh McDaniels, Joe yeah. Judge, Steve Belichick, no, they're not coming. Just you, and you need to bring a new regime in. Yeah. St- Steve Belichick, I, 
I don't know. I don't yeah. mind his sons. Like that's not where my knock is. It's all it's all the top positions and Patricia. That he has his guys at. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels coaching with him in the XFL next year. That's that's the shot or, I'm Bill, calling. Or Bill I just could uh... just do TV. Bill, Bill Bill Tom and Bill Tom and Jim Nance could do TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that even more. Me too. So, Me too. That'd be great. But move on to the other hire. So we got a we got another hire. Um, <laughs> so the Panthers they're hiring Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales, if that's how you pronounce his name. Um, how do you guys feel about that move? I mean, I'm I'm like okay with it because like the Panthers really need to see what they got out of Bryce Young. So if they're gonna bring someone in, it's got to be an offensive mind. I don't know if it was more so. Mm-hmm that he was the success of the Bucks offense, or if it was Baker Mayfield's resurgence, that was really the driving factor of the Buccaneers' success. And I don't know if I can even really call it success. I mean, yeah, they beat the Eagles in the playoffs, but they were still, you know, they barely they got won out the of the divi- division alive. No, success. No, they won the division. It's successful. It's no, of successful. course, of course. But, like, that division, barely getting out of it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. I would say, but, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that I think it's a it's a great hire. I think, I think he helped Baker, like resurge his career. Like he helped Baker get a contract. I think the play calling was pretty good. I, I think yeah. reason why they lost that Lions game is not because of play calling. I think off Baker Baker threw a couple Stevies offensive line play. Obviously, defense is the defense. Um, I'm more intrigued though. This is what I will say. I don't know if it's a Baker or. Dave thing, Mike Evans is special, bro. Like really special. And Carolina don't have a Mike Evans, so I'm intrigued to see who they like put Bryce Young around. Pan- Panthers are gonna of- be in the market for a top wide receiver. I mean, they they've right. said it the whole last second half of the year. Exactly, and it's crazy. So, you know, you trade DJ Moore and in the market like, for it. Yeah, but- right, right. But DJ Moore, no Mike. Like a lot of their offense was go ball Mike Evans or target Mike Evans and like. And like throw short to Chris Godwin. So if we're gonna see what they really have, I mean, we'll see what because that's a big piece right there. And they need another running back too. Miles Sanders is not it. So I'm intrigued to see what they could do. Right. Yeah, I I like the hire. I don't love the hire. Um. So this is a guy that has been a little bit of a quarterback whisperer the last couple of years. He only had one year as an offense coordinator. But here's the thing: he's not an offense coordinator in this role either. So it's not like he's this absolute proven commodity at that but he is good at working quarterback he was in my opinion from what i'm hearing and reading it's he was responsible for gino's resurgence and he did and also cam too i think he he's two for two i think he helped cam a little bit too back in the day but yeah facts okay okay that's another good notch on the resume for sure so i i like those things um ultimately this is this is a we got to see a lot about what he's going to put together there. And I feel bad they don't have a whole lot to work with because, like you said, they're going to be in the market for a big name wide receiver. But guess what? <laughs> Bears have their first pick. And then you look at the wide receiver market. Here are the names. I'm just going to list out the top names that come up for free agent wide receivers in the upcoming year Odell Beckham, Tyler Boyd, KJ Osborne, Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney. Hollywood Brown, Calvin Ridley, who I don't think is going to be a free agent. Michael Pittman is really the name out of that group. And he'll, so he'll, he's going to stay. 
are any of those guys. I think he stays too, but still, like th- that's what might be available. That is best case scenario. What's available for that? But here's the thing: you never, none of that. You really never, you can. never know though. You never know what what happens in offseason. Jay Jettas might yeah. leave. Kirk might leave. You know what I'm saying? You really never know. Uh, but one, last- it would have to be. Yeah, be right, right. But, but I, yeah. I mean, Carolina has cap. Who? who they're probably going to trade. They're probably going to trade Brian Burns. Yeah. The only people they're going to keep is Derek Brown and J.C. Horn. And Bryce Young, like that's the only people they have to keep. Obviously, they're tackled too, but still. But I was wrong. It wasn't Cam Newton. It was Russell Wilson. But but with him being offensive coordinator and and like quarterback coach, Russell Wilson's uh Russell Wilson had a 4,200 yards passing, forty touchdowns, sixty eight point eight pass percentage. Geno Smith forty two forty two hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, sixty nine percent pass rating. And then Baker Mayfield, 4,000 4, yards, 28,000, uh, 28,000, 28 TDs and 64%. So, that like, is, he's, he could help. He could help. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I think yeah, I think Dave is yeah. a good Overall, I like it, too, because it's, like, it's not the biggest gamble in the world. It's not like went for, you know, Vrabel, Bill Belichick, some shit like that. Um, they can, you know, and they none can of them easily... wanted to go there. Yeah, that, that's fair, too. But um, I think it shows yeah. a lot that was like yes it's a I'll tough accept spot. that like i see something like not right. a lot of people saw any like them and the commanders are like i don't want to go there you know so right 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 now the other hire oh my bad bill did you have something to add so nope I the agree other major important big hire the chargers get jim harbaugh Before we get that, let's hit the other non-lackluster hire. Bengals offensive coordinator going to the I Titans. Like, Callahan hired like by the Titans. You like I that? I think. Please tell me. I just think like that, that he's gonna do what they what like they're gonna try to do what they did in Cincinnati, and do the same thing in the Titans. That's why okay. I like it. Cincinnati's won the division. They've won. They won playoff games. Right. They won Bell the Super was Bowl. For this. I mean, They've been to the Super Bowl. Like, I I think I think they're gonna they're gonna try they're gonna try to get T Higgins over there. They're gonna pay him. They're gonna get more talent over there. They're gonna trade. They're, you know, I think I feel like it's not the best hire, but I can see the vision. They think Will Levis is Joe Burrow, so let's get somebody. Let's get or better than Joe All Burrow. Right. So let's get somebody that helped Joe Burrow. That's exactly that's what that that's what it screams out to me. They think they can make the Titans the Bengals. Simple as that. Simple as that. So that's what it screams out to me, too. And that's why I think it's so damn funny. Because Will Levis is not Joe Burrow. I don't even like Joe Burrow that much. But Will Levis still is not really Joe Burrow. And DeAndre Hopkins, sure, he's good. And and DeAndre Hopkins with T. Higgins, that's a solid pairing. I, I like that. But they don't even have a Joe Mixon there right now. Tajay Spears is not Joe Mixon. And I overall, mm. this is not gonna be I that just, I just offense. Agree. They do not have what the Bengals have. Tajay Spears, he's tough. I Taji don't know, man. That's good, bro. He's a good back. And I think Will Levis has the talent. Bro, he could bro, he can make any throw out there. He's good. He's not a scrub. Like if you put Will Levis went into your crib. He can, he but he doesn't. Crib, he went to your crib and got y'all out of there. Down 14. He's not a scrub. 
He's not I a hear you. At all. He wasn't what did that. That was Derrick okay, Henry just... that did that. And I, I will own that wholeheartedly. Okay. I'm saying Will Levis could make it. We got smashed. In the okay. Face. We'll see. Will Levis is – I. He put three minutes of good football. He has good tape. If you go look at it, bro, <laughs> that Atlanta game, that Atlanta game, bro, he was killing, bro. Like bombs, bro. He's good at foot. He's good. He could throw the football, bro. He's good. He's good. I think that I was the span of time, though, that like everyone was rough, getting yeah. the rocks off on fucking Atlanta, bro. <laughs> that that was. <laughs> yeah. There was like what was four bad. weeks that in was, a row where people were uh, having yeah, sensational and... performances against the Falcons. No, that. That was like the early season Broncos. Like it, it's just my only my only opinion. I, I really got on that hire is just like I don't. I'm. I think I'm on the side with Bill. I don't. I think what happened in Cincinnati had nothing to do with coaching, and more so to do that they had a lot of talent. Um, you know, reason being, uh, the reason why I think that way is because the beginning of this year for the Bengals, when they were trying to manage Joe Burrow's injury. They had no creativity whatsoever in the play calling. It was very horrible. It was bad. So for me, I think this is just the tech, the Titans. They're just, you know, they're they're just like, you know, the Panthers. They're not really going for something crazy. They're going for something where if it works, great. If not, okay, we'll just get the next person that's available next year. You know, if you know, the Titans aren't really gonna be competing for nothing next year. I don't think so anyway. So I, I really think care. I think the division. <laughs> I got one more quick thing. I got one quick thing, and I'm gonna let Dom respond. Then we gotta move on to Harbaugh for the sake of time. But this is the most one-dimensional offense I've ever seen in the NFL, and it works because they have such talent on the outside, and they have talent at running back. Joe Mixon's a good back. Jamar Chase is an incredible wide receiver. T. Higgins is a very, very good wide receiver, and they've had at least a serviceable quarterback. I think Will Levis can very much be Jake Browning. I think that's the better comparison. And that's not a bad thing. Jake Browning was solid. But that's about what you're going to get out of Will Levis. He's serviceable. Game manager that can make the explosive play. He can make, like you said, any throw on the field. He's not going to make the explosive ones consistently. And we saw that already. It's early, but we saw that already. So I'm going to let you respond to that. And I'm ready to move on. Um. Will Levis has potential to be a top 15 quarterback next year. Potential. Potential. He ha- If they surround him with talent and good offensive line and good offensive play calling, they have all the they have they have the talent. He has he has the talent to do so. That's one. Two, there's no di- what Okay, maybe that might be the Bengals, but they'll be middle, they'll be like the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell was under Sean McVay, not calling plays, but understanding the system how things should be worked out. Then he went to Minnesota and did his own little thing. So that's what I think Callahan's going to do. His dad's the best offensive offensive line coach in the NFL, in the Brown, the Browns. So he has the knowledge. So I think think this is – and also, the division is not as clear-cut as you think. Like, the Jaguars, like, the Colts, the Titans, the Texans, like, they all could win it next year. I mean, not the Titans, depending on – Play calling, whatever, but I'm just saying, like, like the Colts, Texans, or Jacks could win it next year. And I'm saying the Titans, I don't know about next year, but they could develop into something, is what I'm saying. Is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, 
here we are talking the Titans, man, and you're telling me anybody can win it but the Titans while you're trying to fuck up the Titans. And you tell me that his ceiling is a top 15 quarterback when there are like 17 quarterbacks that get hurt every year. So his ceiling is probably the worst. No, I'm saying when fully fully healthy. That's that's not right. We're on the same page. He could be 14, 15 is what I'm saying. He could be so that that is average. That in the thirty-two sure. quarterback league, fifteen sure. is average, and that you're right. That's his ceiling. I, I'm with you okay. on that. That's that's not game managing though. Maybe on a good day, fifteen okay. is game managing. Let's go to the charges. Let's go and to the charges. You got top five that are yes. Real quick, top five are like elite. Top ten are great quarterbacks. 11 through 15 are good game managers that give you a chance to actually do something. And that's how you make the playoffs is 11 through 15. But anything below that is less than stellar game management. And anything real quick, that before we go to the charges, so, am I, am I, am I bad for saying that two is not a top 15 quarterback then? I disagree with you entirely. Okay. But okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a conversation that we'll have plenty of time. Yes, but the Chargers, they get Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh with this Cinderella story that he got going on right now. You know, him and and Colin Kaepernick go to the Super Bowl. um, Doesn't quite work out. Gets the situation in San Fran, gets bad. He goes to Michigan, gets this program in Michigan to places that people never thought he would get it to. And he wins a championship. You know, leave the cheating out of it. He wins the championship. Um, that's that situation is just weird. Um, but now he's back in the NFL. He's on the Chargers. Me, given my opinion, I think it is a perfect fit because Jim Harbaugh is fucking hellacious. He's wild, and so are the Chargers. They got a whole bunch of random talent on that team that I think he's gonna. It's a chaotic mix, and I think they're gonna really raise hell in the league. I don't know. I don't know if they go into the playoffs and win games because um, I think that franchise is just cursed at this point. Um, you know, they, they didn't win with Rivers. Um, they, no matter what they put on the field, they didn't win with Rivers. What? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, the Chargers, they didn't win with Rivers. They didn't win with all the talent that they had the last two years coaching aside. <laughs> With all the talent um, but, that they had the last two years coaching aside. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I love it, though. I think it's it's chaos. I, the changers need a dramatic change, and I think this is the change that they need. I mean, obviously, they need health, too, um, but I, I love this. Um, I'll say this. No more excuses for Justin Herbert. Not a single one. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear... Oh, this one's hurt. That one's hurt. He's hurt. I don't want to hear that. You go win a playoff game. This I feel like this puts an amount of pressure on Justin Herbert. Because, okay, we get a coach now who won a national championship who's going to bring a top-tier staff. His staff's going to be good. I already know Jim Harbaugh's staff's going to be good. And you're still losing, and you're still not finding ways to win games and up up it. You feel me? Like, like Mahomes, when the tap, like... Like I respect quarterbacks that up their like up the competition. When the stakes get higher, up it. 
Jared Goff, up in it. You feel me? Like Lamar, like we'll see if he can up it. You know what I'm saying? So Burrow, up it. Josh Allen don't really up nothing. You feel me? He just he don't really like nah. He don't do none of that for me. For for me for me. So Justin Herbert, let's see what you can do. Happy for Harbaugh. Yeah. Definitely. Def, his Harbaugh's thirty for thirty is gonna be very interesting. Can't wait. And I don't. And before you go, Bill, my apologies. I don't. I can't give Justin Herbert that you know injuries excuse because Patrick Mahomes right now is about to play in the AFC Championship with no receivers, and Lamar Jackson's going to end the AFC Championship with all the injuries that that team has been through on the offense this year. I, I, I don't, I'm not giving Justin Herbert that excuse either. I mean, Joe Burrow got to the Super Bowl without a fucking offensive line. So, like, you know, so something's got to give in that regard, and we'll yeah. see. I agree. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't even have a whole lot to add. I, I really think this Chargers team is honestly built to win now. Um, tremendous amount of talent on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball with a good draft pick. I, I don't see why not. Like, this should be a pretty immediate transition. The Chargers will give the Chiefs a, a run for the money next year, I think, in the division. They should very well be in the playoffs, and Justin Herbert very well should win a playoff game this year. This should not take – this shouldn't be a long build. This shouldn't be – something where he needs to slowly work his guys in and get people to learn the system and da da da. You're coming from college where like you got a lot of new recruits and transfers and everything else that need to learn the system very quickly. He can teach this thing fast. And if the Chargers don't pick it up fast, that's on them and that's on Herbert. I, I think it has to be quick. And if it's not, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is from there. I think he's there to win with Herbert. But if if Herbert can't do it, I don't know what to say. Worst contract and yeah, whatever. Agreed. Okay. I'm with you. On Ravens Texans, um, I was just upset that the Browns didn't place the Texans at the crib because I feel like they would have done the same shit in Cleveland and they did in Baltimore. Meaning like just like bunch of false starts, bro. Just like it wasn't even football. Like they didn't like they just kept they just beat themselves literally went into Baltimore yeah. and beat themselves right so that's what that was um, but happy for Lamar um, Bucks Buck, uh, Niners Packers I sit on this podcast Packers want to win the game they should have won the game it is what it is um, I hate the Niners I'm beginning to not like I don't like the Niners or the Bills um, Bills Chiefs as I expected terrible coaching. I expected a fake punt from Damar Hamlin. I expected, I didn't expect me cold jet pass. I didn't expect that, but um, I expected the Bills just to do Bills things. Um, and I'm missing what's the other? Oh yeah, Bucks Lions. Sad, very sad. It is what it is. So happy for the Lions, and uh, we'll see this week. Um, so what I have for two touchdowns for each game, or just one? Just, Just one? one. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Travis Kelsey touchdown, Chiefs money line, and then I'm gonna do Lions money line, Jameer Gibbs. Eminem versus Taylor Swift. Yeah. So reason why I have that, um, I just feel like the Chiefs are gonna up it. They're just gonna. I, they're going to stop the run, and if Lamar could do it, 
If Lamar could pass his, like, if he could be locked in out there, then it'll be straight. If not, Mahomes and Kelsey, like, that playoff, yeah, it's different. It's different. It's different. Um, and regarding the Lions, Buck, Lions, uh, Niners, I just think the Lions are a better team. I just think they're just better. They're just better than them. And no Debo, or not a full healthy Debo. I like Jared Goff over Purdy. And if if it's all about that, that game is all about play calling. If if the Lions are on some Madden, Madden twenty, not even Maddie, Madden twenty four, some Madden twenty energy, then they'll lose. But if they're if they coach if they coach a good game, they'll be straight. They'll be straight. That's what I got. All right, y'all. I'm going to catch y'all. Love. <laughs> you know, Ravens, Texans. You know, the Texans, I kind of expected this from them. I think they were on borrowed time, um, you know, because I, I think we all fully expected the Browns to be where the Texans are. Um, yeah. You know, shout out to, you know, D'Amico Ryan, CJ Stroud, that whole program. Oh, they had a very good first half in that game, too. They, they kept it interesting. Um, you know, just fell really flat at the end, like most young teams do. Um, yeah. fall, you know, really flat. Um, overall, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I think they look different, and I get it. Yeah. it it's the Texans; they're a young team, whatever you want to say. Um, but the Ravens look very, very different as I thought they would. Lamar Jackson looks confident. Um, we'll see if I mean he's still he's going to be in Baltimore moving forward. Um, but you know, overall, I don't have too much thoughts on this game. This is kind of what I expected um, to happen. And just, you know, shout out to both teams for what they've accomplished so far. Yeah. I I mean, this one went mostly as expected. I expected a tiny bit more out of the Texans offense. Not much because I do believe, and I've said it since week one, that the Baltimore Ravens have the best defense in the NFL. Uh, so to have a rookie go up against that is bonkers in the playoffs. That That's unfair. So it didn't look super unfair in the first half. And we went into halftime at 10 to 10. But you got to remember that seven of those 10 from the Texans, which is all they end up with, was from punt return for a touchdown. Uh, so it didn't even really come from the offense. Baltimore is perfectly solid on special teams. This isn't something I'm really worried about. It was a hell of a punt return. Don't get me wrong. Shout out to Steven Sims for that punt return. But um, that was fluky. And like Dom said, uh, or will say in a little bit, uh, that ends up just really being, um, it ends up being just kind of embarrassment with all the penalties. It's, they looked like they didn't belong, and it's okay that they don't belong there yet. Yeah, yeah. No rookie head coach and rookie quarterback combo should belong in the divisional round of the playoffs. That's fine. But they made every case for them to belong up until that point, and then it's okay that they didn't belong once they got there. I, I find it funny because I think the Texans remind me of the Jaguars last year. Um, yeah. you know, when they got to the Chiefs after beating the Chargers in a miraculous win, they fell flat yeah. in the second half. Um, after you know, being on borrowed time, um, you know, I, I think it was just miraculous that, that they were even there. Um, right. but you know, Packers, 49ers, 49ers wow. escape, <laughs> 49ers yep. escape. Not the head, not, not at all what I was expecting there. Um, but you know, again. 
another young team in the Packers. Shout out to them. You know, Jordan Love did phenomenal up until the point where he needed to remain phenomenal. Yeah. Not even phenomenal. He just needed to get them in field goal range, just eat the clock, keep yep. the ball moving. He just couldn't, you know, do anything at a certain point of the game. Um, the 49ers, you know, Brock Purdy did not look good at all. Um, thank God they have Christian McCaffrey. Um, George Kittle seems to be heating up at the very least. Um, but yeah, 49ers 24, 21 over the Packers. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, let me just say this. This is the sweatiest game I had from a betting standpoint all year long. <laughs> um, I didn't even put anything direct on this. However, I put in a San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl bet in before the season started. It's the biggest bet I put in for a Super Bowl champion. So before the season started, I was more confident in them than anybody else. And I damn near cashed it out for about what I put the bet in for halfway through the fourth quarter. And I'm very glad now that I didn't. But, man... Now I got a, a essentially one in four chance to cash in this thing for plus 1,000 odds. But it almost ended up plus zero <laughs> when I cashed it out. So uh, it took my fiance really talking me into not hitting that button. That's really what it boiled down to. And when your fiance is the one telling you, nah, risk it, then that, that means you're really sweating it out. So. <laughs> Uh, that was something. Uh, that was an experience in itself, and and really, that says everything about this game. Um, Jordan Love, Will Mashore, he won't throw that pass again. Now, now, what I'm worried about is he might end up too conservative, and he has to be a gunslinger. That's how he's going to be good in this league. He will make mistakes. Hopefully, they aren't on the last play of the last game of the year for that for the Packers very often. <laughs> but um, Aaron Jones is a monster. I'll say that he, I, I just, you, it's easy to forget how good this guy is when he misses a good chunk of the regular season, but man, it like it's like an eye opener as if it's first time I've seen this guy play the past few weeks and he's damn good running back. And I'll, I'll say, man, I, I think the Packers performance in the playoffs has me very shook for what's going to go down in the NFC North next year, because yeah. we're talking the Lions, who are in the NFC mm-hmm. Championship. The Packers, who almost made it to the NFC Championship. Yep. The Vikings, who went healthy, are a Super Bowl contender. And the Bears, who are expected to be coming into the season guns blazing, whether they go with Caleb Williams or Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, I feel yeah, like I mean, yeah. if they go with Caleb Williams, I think it's more of a question mark to me right up yeah. front. But next year, they have a soft schedule, man. They're going to... They're going to win 10 or 11 games. They're going to get into the playoffs, and it it's just – I don't know if they're going to be ready to make noise in the playoffs yet, but yeah. the Bears will be in the playoffs next year if they stick with Justin Fields. I mean, right uh, this season, I'll say this season is just a gift that, that keeps on giving, man. I mean, like, I, I didn't – I really didn't expect to be sitting here that invested into the fourth quarter of the Packers and 49ers. It was to a point where like the ball was going back and forth in the fourth. And I'm like, the 49ers might not pull this off. Yeah. Like they couldn't do nothing. And it, against the defensive coordinator that got fired. So, yeah. um, you know, 
I applaud the Packers, but I, I think, and we'll talk about it, I really, like, this hurt the 49ers because they were at home. They were defending their home turf. They had all these fucking celebrities at the game. They had all this fucking commotion on social media before the game. And just for Jordan Love to almost come in and just almost get it done. Almost get it done. Crazy. Side note on this game. Have you seen the, like, jersey jackets that Kyle Juszczyk's wife has been making? Yeah. They are phenomenal. And I heard NFL is like picking that up. That's a storyline that's a little subplot to this whole thing. But I like those. Might have to She um she actually she made Taylor Swift's jacket that she was wearing um and i it was funny because like uh, he was in the in the comments just like by the way my wife made this hey That's everybody my wife made this <laughs> such a good i love one. that i love that uh spousal support and then oddly enough like th- this is the most random thing that i've seen in the nfl this year you know who else she made one for Ooh. taylor lautner go ahead and google that real quick the guy no, no, Twilight. that's um, he was in uh, 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 Twilight, right? Yeah, he's in a yeah, bunch yeah. of stuff, but the guy from Twilight <laughs> made an Aiden Hutchinson jacket for him, <laughs> which I have a lot more questions than I have answers surrounding. Yeah, this. man. But, so yeah, that hey, brings us that brings good. us to the Lions and the Bucks. <laughs> great, hit, so, great. Hit. Was doing that um, on purpose. Lions and the Bucks, you know, I thought first off to the beginning of the game, like I'm not saying I cried or choked up or anything, but it was a pretty cool fucking moment seeing Jared Goff kiss his wife while the fucking whole Detroit stadium is just Jared Goff, Jared Goff. And it like it it just goes back to what I said, episode after episode after episode. I felt like I was like annoying you and our viewers with this take like no this guy's story man is unbelievable and i didn't think it would get this far this year either and it goes all the way back to week one when an article came out on espn that read um when will jared goff get replaced as quarterback this season you know make your predictions below and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this guy gets doubted so much. And you just got to remember that he's been here before. And yeah. he knows what it takes, you know, to get it done, whether, you know, whether he was the one that was the success of the Rams or not. But, you know, getting into the game, he delivers. The Lions deliver. Um, the Bucks gave a fight, of course. They weren't going down without one. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, shout out to Jared Goff and the Lions and the Bucks. You know, Baker Mayfield, I know he threw two picks, but 349 yards with three touchdowns. Absolutely. You know, that locked in a very big payday for our former number one draft pick, who last year at this time didn't know if he'd ever see another contract after this year. Um, so, you know, shout out to the Bucks. Don't got one bad thing to say about them. Um, no. they, they cracked the Eagles. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> this is purely a, a fun, great football game. This is the most pure, like, unabashed joy that you can I have agree. watching football. It was just a fun and game to watch. <laughs> it's You're going to feel terrible for the loser, and you're going to feel awesome for the winner, no matter how this game ended. And this is one that will be replayed. 
I'll, I'll say that. Like, this is something that people will go back and watch and enjoy watching every time. Um, Lions, yet again, don't allow a 70-yard rusher as they haven't for the whole season. It really sets up for a fun storyline coming up. Yes. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield once again throws for about tree 50. Fantastic story. Uh, Baker is very much in the running for comeback play of the year, uh, which unfortunately playoffs don't get really get, get included in regular season awards. Otherwise, he's even more in the running for that than he already was. Mike Evans continues to be an absolute monster, builds on his Hall of Fame career, hasn't had as much opportunity as he should have in the playoffs. Obviously, does have a Super Bowl, uh, but still, you love to see him get crazy playoff postseason stats. 147 and a touchdown is perfect for me. Uh, Cashes in on my touchdown prop, so that was great. And on the flip side of the ball, you have Jared Goff, uh, who throws for about 302 touchdowns, no picks. You got Jameer Gibbs looking like the absolute correct pick in the draft. This is, I mean, they got questioned hard on both of their first-round picks, and both are paying off quite well right now. Uh, Monterey St. Brown looking like a monster, still proving everybody wrong uh, for not picking him in the draft, which is exactly what he's out to do. It's all the motivation he needs, apparently. It, overall, th- like this Lions team is a story that anybody can get behind. Go back, if you've never seen it, Go back and watch their hard knocks because here's the other cool part. This is a team that's really in it together. And this is the same team as last year, essentially. Give or take a few pieces, of course. But this is a team that you saw really rallying and and got a ton better last year and even better this year. Uh, So uh, shout out to Jared Hoff. Shout out to the Lions. I'm here for another week of Lions football, baby. Yes, sir. The gift that keeps on giving, man. Yep, as um, much as I want to win that 49ers money, I can't say I'm not rooting for the Lions here. Like that's a price I'm yeah. willing to pay at this point. And the and the last point I'll make about the Buccaneers is like Baker did his thing to the point where and, and mind you, it's hard to believe that Tom Brady retired after last season with everything that's gone down this year. I find it crazy that Baker Mayfield basically takes the same team further than Tom Brady did last year. So um, you know, with, with that being said, Chiefs, Bills, um, Bills fall flat on their fucking face. Um, they tried. Um, I, I guess you could say, you know, Josh Allen tried, you know, 186 yards. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. I'm going to deep dive onto Josh Allen. Let's hear what you got to say outside of the Josh Allen piece. Cause I'm going to yeah, talk funny about him in a of moment. Of course. Um, I, I think like things got to change. Like it's hard because the bills, they got, they got the talent they've shown in different phases of the season that they can have a top offense and that they can have a top defense. None of this. It's, it's, ah, it's hard because like, it feels like the chargers where they just got all this talent but it just never works at the same time. And especially and, and granted, they they came back from being six and six. I, I think that's nothing to really, you know, laugh at, but like it's a team that shouldn't have been six and six. So, you know, the Chiefs, 
they they stumble they stumble out of another one. Um, I I think you know it was an it was it was epic to see you know Jason Kelsey there. Epic to see Mahomes pull out you know a road win, it's something that he's not really you know used to doing, being on the road. Um, Pacheco looks looks like a beast. Looks like he's going to be hard to stop. Um, but you know when it, when it comes to the Bills, I don't know, man. It, and it, it's tough to say, but Stephon Diggs looks washed. I don't know yeah. when that happened. Like it, it was just a flip of a switch this year, but he doesn't look that good anymore. And especially dropping that big pass that went right through his arms. That's one thing I'll give Josh Allen credit for. Even though there's a whole not- rest of the game to play. I think, um, you know, it, it was bad. And when when they're when they're like really like trying to get everything out of someone like Khalil Shakir, who's like not supposed to, you know, I, I get it. He was a rising star last few weeks, but he's not supposed to be this big part of their offense. And they're asking, you know, they're asking him. They're asking, you know, Kincaid. You know, they're 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 even asking, you know, Latavius Murray, like. Guys, you know, because Stephon Diggs isn't giving us shit, yeah. we need something. Um, and it just all across the board from the coaching to Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs to Damar Hamlin, it was just all bad. <laughs> it was. It, it was it was a lot of bad in this game. Um quick box score recap. Uh so obviously Chiefs went 27-24. Uh if we look at the overall scoring, uh you know, it it was basically it, it was close, close, close. Bills were in the driver's seat essentially for the whole first half. Uh, then second half starts and Travis Kelsey touchdown. That Khalil Shakir touchdown looked incredibly unlikely. That was an amazing throw, an amazing catch. Khalil Shakir might be the real deal moving forward. I'm not saying he's going to be a number one guy, but Khalil Shakir proves himself. He has earned an absolute spot moving forward in a very consistent piece of the lineup. He should have a hundred percent snap share. Essentially. He is a good football player, especially in the clutch. Uh, but then Isaiah Pacheco pounds in the end zone in the fourth quarter, right beginning of the fourth quarter. And that's essentially all she wrote. That's the end of the scoring. So then let's take a look into the stats. We have Pacheco, 15 carries, 97 yards. Great day for Pacheco. Man continues to run like he's angry at the ground. Uh, Josh Allen is the Bills' leading rusher. 12 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Very good performance on the ground for Josh Allen. He should not be your leading rusher. He should never be your leading rusher. It just shouldn't happen. This team is too good to have Josh Allen be your leading rusher again. And, And I'll say this, man. Blues Clues is playing out there for my son right now, but I had no fucking clue what the Bills were doing. <laughs> it no just clue. seemed like a team that had no scheme, nothing prepared. Just Josh no. Allen, go out there and try to get it for us, I guess. That's the plan, and that's like, the thing. I think firing Ken Dorsey was a massive mistake. I don't like Ken Dorsey. I love watching that playback of Ken Dorsey smashing the tablet in the box when he's going up against the Dolphins. But I think that was a massive mistake. They didn't have a successor for that. I don't understand why you make that midseason move when you don't when you're not equipped for it. And don't get me wrong, they're looking like they're out of the playoffs. They fire Ken Dorsey and then suddenly they backdoor their way into the playoffs. 
but it had a lot more to do with what other teams did, i.e. the Dolphins, than it did with their success. Uh, their schedule was tough up front, and soft on the back end, where Dolphins were flip-flopped. So it really boils down to they should not have made that move. I think this could have been a little different if they didn't make that move. Um, who knows? Maybe they don't make playoffs if they don't make that move. So maybe I'm dead wrong, but I don't think that was the right move at all. Now we look at receiving. Uh, like you said with Stephon Diggs, uh, there are three receivers for the Chiefs that had more receiving yards than the Bills' top receiver. Bills' top receiver, Dalton Kincaid, ends with 45 yards. You have Rasheed Rice, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, and Kelsey that all end with more yards than the Bills' top receiver. That's inexcusable from a Bills' receiving standpoint, especially when Khalil Shakir was catching anything and everything that came his way. That's bad for both the other receivers and bad for the Bills just because you didn't design more times to get the ball thrown Khalil Shakir's way. Because he was having a crazy game. There's just no reason for that to end the way it did. We look at James Cook, who is ultimately the reason why the run game didn't really do anything. His longest rush of the night was 8 yards and averaged 3.4. Very consistently got you 2-3 yards. That's essentially all he was good for. 2-3 yards, 2-3 yards, 2-3 yards. Ran the ball 18 times for 61 yards. It's That's not going to do it. Ty Johnson, average 5.7. Ty Johnson, who wasn't good enough to make the Jets, ends up being 5.7 yards per carry running back. I don't understand it. Um, also, shout out, top five for rushing on the Bills. Damar Hamlin with two yards rushing. Let's swing back to that play, which what also was, that? was quite a swing. They catch that the Chiefs have 10 players on the field. Now that's great and all, except for the 10 players are right where Tamar Hamlin is trying to go. Do they think this is like a Make-A-Wish commercial where they're just going to give the ball to Tamar <laughs> Hamlin and then they're going to part ways and say, go ahead. Here it is. Here's the end zone. Go get your comeback player of the year. Go get the Bills into right. the AFC Championship. But nope, it's it's that other commercial like from Tosh.0 or something where the, where the kid just gets kid cracked just gets right before he gets screamed. into the end zone. <laughs> it, that, it's that one. It's that video instead. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell was going on there, but that was the wrong call. I hope that that was something that the players decided on the field when they saw not enough players on the field, but I don't see anything pointing toward that being the case. Bills did not look good. Now, Let's swing back to Josh Allen. Let's take a quick look at what he's done in the postseason so far. He loses this game. It's his third loss against the Chiefs. And we should not just tally up this guy's losses. Let's tally up his wins too, right? Let's try to make this fair. He's 5-5 five and five in the playoffs. He's got five wins, five losses. His five, his five losses ultimately mostly came from the Chiefs. Nothing to really hang your head over on that piece. But let's take a deeper dive into his five wins. First win. Bye-bye to Phillip Rivers. Eliminates Phillip Rivers in his last ever game with a Colts team that Phillip Rivers was doing well with. Don't get me wrong, John. Taylor was good, but it, it was the Colts. That, it's a good win. Not a great one, but a good win for sure. 
especially for your first run on the board. That's a good win. Then we look at 2020 against Lamar Jackson, who exits at the beginning of the third quarter with a concussion. So you faced a half against Lamar Jackson and then a half against the backup. Wins that game. Then third win is against Mac Jones. Fourth wins against Skylar Thompson, which he barely won. And then fifth win is against Mason Rudolph. And then he gets booted by Patrick Mahomes again. So we look at other teams. We look at the Cowboys and the Dolphins this year, for example, and you say, hey, you can't beat the good teams. You only beat the bad ones. And you're terrible because of that. That's what Josh Allen is. Josh Allen beats the teams he's supposed to beat. And he doesn't really beat anybody else. And when you put him up against a bad defense, he can go off. But is he this clutch? I'm going to put the team on my back and do it against good teams? Not so much. And this he's a talented, talented individual. So now I start to question, is this a Josh Allen problem or is this coaching problem? He puts the team on his back and carries them to wins against bad teams that they shouldn't have been in a position to lose against in the first place. And he can rally the whole team and make a comeback and do it all himself against the bad teams. But you're not supposed to be down against the bad teams. So it's cool that you're piloting these comebacks, but you shouldn't have to come back in the first place if your coach was doing their job. So now you go up against good teams and it's just not enough. And he ran his ass off, but he didn't. And he had a beautiful pass to Fon Diggs. I feel that Josh Allen did enough to win this game. I don't feel the coaches did enough to win this game. So I'm not pinning this on Josh Allen, although his resume says he couldn't have won this anyway. Uh, But I'm pinning this entirely on the coaches. I think something needs to change in, in Buffalo. Like I said a few weeks ago, the best you're going to do is hire a mastermind offense coordinator. You're going to get one good year out of them. And you get that one good year, you better win the Super Bowl that year. If not, then he's moving on to a different head coaching job. And good luck on your next hire. That's my end, end of my rant. Yeah, man. I mean, to say Josh Allen did enough to win, I would just flat out disagree, man. I mean, yeah, I'm not pinning the loss on Josh Allen, though. I think, you know, for what it's worth, maybe a touchdown or that throw to Stephon Diggs changes everything. It could, maybe. Their kicker sucks. Who knows? Um, But, you know, that whole fourth quarter, Josh Allen was given chance after chance after chance after chance after chance to really do something in this game. And on several occasions, he's shown just not seeing the wide open guy. And right. I'm not going to sit here and point at one pat, one great pass to Stephon Diggs as the reason why they lost. I'm not going to sit here and look at a kicker missing a kick as a reason why they lost the game. Because even if it goes, it's tied and it goes into overtime and we get to see the Bills fall on their face even worse. So, you know, what, what I'll say about Josh Allen is, is that, like, I'm sick and tired of people – it's what I said. The Bills do great until Josh Allen ends the, enters the fucking MVP conversation. And this year, for example, I think it was bad. Like, he should have never been in the MVP conversation to begin with. 
Yes, did he throw 4,000 yards? Yes. Did he have a bunch of touchdowns? Yes. But I'm going to go back to what I pointed to because now you helped me add on to this argument by something that you said very smallly when you threw in Tua's name into the mix. Um, But when it comes to Josh Allen, the the Bills were 6-6 and on their bye week. Everyone was, you know, canceling them out of making the playoffs. Nobody was taking them seriously. And then they beat the Chiefs 20-17, to right? Which is great, but it had nothing to do with Josh Allen. 233 yards, one touchdown, one interception, you know, 32 yards on the ground, 68.8 passer rating. Nothing to do with Josh Allen, more so with the defense that was able to stop the Chiefs. All right, we and go to the let's, Cowboys. Let's just make sure we throw in... At that point in the season, the Chiefs were the number one team at stopping the Chiefs as well. Too. Right, exactly. And then we we move on to the Cowboys and the Bills. Okay, the Bills win 31 to 10. And these are the two most important games of the Bills season besides that Dolphins game. Yep. Okay, so what happened? You know, the Bills, they exploded. Josh Allen must have had a big game, 30 points, right? He didn't even exist. 94 no, yards, right. 24 yards on the ground. A QB rating of 89 because he only threw 15 times and only made seven of those passes. The two biggest games of the year had nothing to do with Josh Allen. Now, this goes even further to when you look at that Dolphins game. And that was a Dolphins game that was more so the Dolphins losing than it was the Bills winning. Josh Allen, did he throw for 350 you know, yards? Yes. But we're talking about Tua, who completely fell apart in like the last three, four games of the season, if you look deeper into his stats. And Tyreek Hill, who was injured, all this. The Dolphins were literally like one or two magical plays from like this whole AFC being different. And on top of that, this game right here, it it goes to show you that Josh Allen makes it look like he's doing everything because he's running around the field, flopping everywhere, making long throws, whatever. But in the end of the day, he was given every chance to win in the fourth quarter. And no, I don't. I just don't think anybody on the Bills wanted to win. From the kicker to the coaching to Demar Hamlin to like whatever yeah. it is, it's it, it's bad. And my last take on the Bills before we put them in their casket is that they need to fire Sean McDermott. Crazy take, but you got to bring in a coach like Bill Belichick who's gonna slap Josh Allen in the face and like really. Like you, you gotta, you gotta rein in Josh Allen sometimes, man. And, and I think you know when he's doing all the crazy shit and it's not successful, you need a coach there that's gonna that's gonna carry Josh Allen. And it's not Sean McDermott because he's just a really great defensive mind, in my opinion. So I'm gonna challenge it a bit. So first off, Josh Allen on passes more than five yards down the field. Let's call it six yards. Two of eight on passes more than six yards down the field. Has no completions that even went for 20, let alone 20 air yards. No completions at all. I went 0 for 4 on throws of that nature. Let's see. He had 1, 2, 3. He had 26 completions in the game. 15 of them were at or behind the line of scrimmage. So you're telling me that essentially of the 39 throws he made, 15 of them were basically run plays. They were screens or runs. And of the rest, 
he only complete. He didn't have a single incompletion behind the line of scrimmage. It, was just, it wasn't like a bunch of screens are getting blown up. He went eleven of twenty four on the the rest of the throw and nothing beyond fifteen yards. So he had that one beautiful dime of a touchdown. He had one dime to Stephon Diggs. That Stephon Diggs drops. So we're gonna deep dive and analyze just this game. A lot of things went wrong. I think the play calling is one of them uh, because of how many dump-offs and, and screens and, and short passes there were. But also, like you're not going to keep a defense super honest if literally 34 of your passes are within the 10 yards. And I, I just don't understand any part of this. Where I don't really align with you is that I think, if anything, they need to shoot the ball downfield. They need a gunslinging offensive coordinator. They need a gunslinging offensive coach. They need, honestly, I would say if Josh Allen paired up with Mike McDaniel, craziness. I think that's the kind of coach that he needs. He needs somebody that's going to scheme things a lot more open for him than what he's getting. Because when he gets open receivers... It's not like they have six yards of separation. It's They have like 25 yards of separation because he can break a play. He can scramble around and have such a broken play that he's got a guy wide open, nobody even outside of the, the hash yeah. marks to cover yeah. this guy within 20 yards. And then he breaks off for a touchdown. And the Bills, so, didn't, they didn't score nothing I don't really, in the fourth. Nothing. They, they blanked in the fourth. Nothing. Got nothing. the ball three times. Um, the first, the first two times they got the ball, they only had it for a minute each. And then they had that six minute drive that ended in a missed field goal. I honestly think it's terrible, um, that bills fans and, you know, people are kind of coming at that kicker. Cause it's like, should he have made that kick? Yeah. yeah but in that moment, the, like the bills really didn't do anything to like, they think they, they could have done so much more yeah. than just leave it up to this. This kicker that's not even really that good to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I will shout out to Bill's Mafia, though. Uh, they raised at last I knew it was like $50,000, but I'm sure it's tripled, quadrupled that by now. Um, they raised a lot of money for Tyler Bass's favorite charity, uh, and they tend to rally and do a lot of like revenge donating. And I like that. Uh, and listen, if if they weren't a division rival, I'd love to be part of Bill's Mafia for a day, right? I, I'd I, put my I, ass I'm, a, I'm honestly, I, I, I really agree with that. Like, I honestly want to go to a Bill's game they and jump seem, to a fucking table. Yeah. I said this the whole during the whole Tom Brady era that I, I really wanted to make it to a game in Buffalo against the Patriots, so I had a reason to cheer for Buffalo, and I'd put myself through a table. I got no no problem against that at all. Uh, so, and then when the XFL had the New York guardians, I thought I had my chance. I thought I could go through a table without having to sacrifice myself, become a bills fan for a day, but then that thing folded with COVID. So uh, there goes my, my shot as well. So, um, last note on the bills, uh, the, in the last 10 bills games, Khalil Shakir has had 40 more receiving yards than Stefan Diggs uh, on four, three less targets. Khalil Shakir with 37 targets, Diggs with 80 targets. So this seems to and be I, 
I find it Diggs funny that now Diggs now wants to stay. Up. Yeah, I find it funny that now Diggs yep. wants to stay. <laughs> like, I think Diggs is the kind of guy that can't be told what he should do. And I think, look, it's tough. It's tough because you look at the guy that went out on the field and watched the Chiefs break, and they got to celebrate. They're going to Super Bowl, AFC Championship. Now he's done it three times, right? So it's, I like where his head was at then, and now I can't tell you where his head's at. This has a little tiny bit of Antonio Brown written in it. Just something's not right up here. But, you know, he he can be a very talented receiver. He he made Josh Allen who he is. And there's no question about that. If Stephon Diggs didn't come to Buffalo, I'm not sure Josh Allen is still a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. So, here we are. He's back. He's going to be back in Buffalo. And let's see what they can do. Yeah, so, you know, moving on to to the Ravens and the Chiefs, AFC Championship, to to put it point blank, period, the Chiefs, I think this is their swan song. I feel like it should be their swan song. If Patrick Mahomes somehow goes into Baltimore and comes out going to the Super Bowl and it has nothing to do with the refs, I'm going to be very, very shocked because I think Lamar Jackson's locked in. The defense for Baltimore is locked in. They're going to be in front of their who are going to be on fire, on fire. That team, like, them fans have been waiting to be back into the Super Bowl. Um, And I I really think this is the Ravens' time. You know, you talk about Lamar Jackson, a guy that was, you know, in college, they said he'd never be an NFL quarterback, that he'd have to switch to be, be a running back if he wanted any success. Then he is, you know, a quarterback in the NFL gets, you know, every other team passes him by besides Baltimore. Um, You know, then he becomes the MVP and still gets criticized, loses some playoff games, gets the biggest contract ever eventually. This is his moment right here. If Lamar Jackson is a guy in this league, he's going to win this game. And I truly feel like he is a guy in this league. There's just something different. The, uh, the different feeling about Lamar Jackson this year than there has been in prior years. Um, I, I, I truly think is Mark Andrews playing. Uh, he should be active for this. That's correct. All right. I think Mark Andrews is going to score a touchdown. I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I listen. I love, I don't love the chiefs. I don't love Patrick Mahomes, but I respect Patrick Mahomes and I would not be shocked if he just, you know, turns it on. But like, I just don't think he's going to be able to pull off a second road win in a row. It's there's a lot of odds stacked against him here. Um, We'll we'll see, though, because it's it's Patrick Mahomes. So. Oh, man, this this hurts me to to think this way, but. Lamar Jackson is having an MVP season. His last MVP season, he threw for 36 touchdowns, nine interceptions, threw for 3,100 yards. This is the first season he's thrown for more than that, and it's under a more pass-heavy offense, so it it makes a lot of sense. It's less rush-heavy. He has less rushing yards in that season. He had 1,200 rush yards that season. It's only 800 this year. 
almost exactly makes up the gap. They have minus however many rushing yards plus however many passing yards. So very similar MVP style seasons. Um, tiny bit heavier on the interceptions during the regular season this year. He had one more interception. That's essentially the only difference between the two seasons, in my opinion. Last time, he absolutely just crapped the bed against Titans, though. And I wouldn't be shocked if he does it again. This Chiefs defense is the real deal. And the Ravens haven't faced this good of a defense yet this year. With that said, the Chiefs haven't faced this good of a defense yet either. So really what it boils down to, in my opinion, is which one's going to show up. And I have a very hard time saying that out of the two, it's Lamar Jackson and not Patrick Mahomes. So really, I, I think there's a very strong chance that both show up. And if Lamar shows up at 80% of his capability, game over. The Ravens are a better team. 60 percent. I, th- I think it's I think it's gonna even be 60 like you get 60 yeah. percent of Lamar because it's my cool, my like probably. real thing in this game is that Mahomes is it great that he's gotten this far yes but he's kind of like fucking stumbled his way to this yeah. point and yeah. I don't know if he's gonna be able to pull it out of his bag of tricks against a defense like this. Yeah. Whereas I can see Lamar Jackson stumbling through the game and winning with Mahomes and the Chiefs, it's gonna have to be like, okay, is is Kelsey getting touches? Is he is he like influencing the game? And yeah. the Ravens are gonna do the smart thing and double him on every fucking play. So I don't, right. I don't know. It's yeah, tough. I. <laughs> this is what the NFL is about, though. <laughs> I think this is going to be a much more defensive matchup than anybody ever would have set, thought when you say Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes, but I'm here for it. I think this is the type of coaching duel that I am all about. Spaniolo's defense versus Mike McDonald's defense. I think Mike McDonald has done everything he need to, to earn a head coaching job in the NFL. Uh, that defense is playing ridiculous. Right in, now. Man. But listen, I, I think, we got plenty of offseason talking about head coaching hires that were mistakes. We got all year next year to talk about head coaching hires that are, were mistakes. But I think a lot of people are going to regret not giving this guy a chance. And his defense, I think, is going to put on a show against Mahomes. But I think Legereus Sneed and that Kansas City defense can do the same to Lamar. And if they do that, if they, if they shut them down, I think Lamar is more prone to the to the truly bad turnovers, the the strip sacks in their own territory, which can lead to immediate Chiefs easy points. I got a low scoring affair, and uh, you know those turnovers could prove all the difference. We'll get into predict exact predictions in a little while. Oh, I was gonna say, who's your winner in your and your touchdown score? Well, but- since it's been a little while, uh, very little while. I actually do have the Ravens taking this game. Um, I'm nervous about it, but I have them taking this game. And I've got Mark Andrews coming back with a touchdown. So we're picking the same thing? I guess so, man. I don't know. I went first, so you got the every opportunity here to differentiate and try to make up a little ground. I feel I don't feel fantastic 
about All right, Andrews. I got I got the Ravens and Pacheco then. I'll do okay. that. I feel comfortable with that. But yeah. um, all right. So let's conclude this bad boy off. Um, or well, whatever way I edit this, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> but let's let's conclude this off with talking about the Lions and 49ers. My analyzation into this is simple. The 49ers at home against a very underexperienced Packers team struggled their asses off. Brock Purdy has been struggling his ass off in these big games. Um, They're hurt. Debo's hurt. McCaffrey's about to be thrown into hell. We'll see how he does, but he's about to be thrown into hell. And the way I see it, the Lions... Do they want to go to the Super Bowl and win? Yes. But at this point in the season, they have no more pressure. They're going into San Fran. They're, they've already won their two games at home that, honestly, if if I'm a Detroit fan, I'm content no matter what happens at this point. I don't think people are going to shit on the Lions if they lose. Whereas the 49ers have literally all of the pressure out of any team in this playoffs. They have the most pressure right now to get to the Super Bowl and win because, again, this goes back to what I said. I think this is the last really good chance that they're going to have to win a Super Bowl because everyone's getting older, and I'm going with the Lions here, man. I, I think they, they're going to go into the Super Bowl and most likely lose, I, but I think you know the, it's, it's destiny, man. They got the momentum. Jared Goff is playing like, like he's not even like you – know, like he's still in the regular season playing – you know, terrible teams. Like he, he doesn't care. He's just going out there and doing, he's not even really too excited after he wins. Um, I just, I, it's hard for me to picture the 49ers getting out of this just because of how they did last week, how banged up they're starting to get. And the lions are too overwhelming. I think they're going to break down that defense. I don't think it's going to happen in the first half, but I think in the second half, we're going to see, especially in the third quarter, Lions are going to tire out this 49ers defense because they got so many weapons. And when you have two great running backs, they're going to be chewing the clock, keeping that defense on the field, tiring them out. Jared Goff's going to find a couple of receivers downfield. And I I think it's going to get very hectic in the second half. And the 49ers are going to choke, man. Oh, I wish you were right, man. I wish you were right. I, I would love to see the Lions take this. I would love nothing more. It's it is the team I want. It's destiny. This is for the podcast. This is the only team we got left. (laughs) I want them to be built different, but I don't think it's gonna happen, man. If you look back, who are the Lions really beat this year? Week one against the Chiefs. And here's the thing: how is that for destiny? You got Taylor Swift versus Eminem (laughs) in the Super Bowl. That would be fantastic. I, I'm here for it. I, I am absolutely here for it if that happens. I also have a bet in preseason for the Detroit Lions to face the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Only put $5 on it. Wish I put more. But still, that's that would cash for $270 if, uh, if my $5 bet hits on that. So I'll take that. I got more money riding on the Niners, but... I am very content. That's more than I put on the Niners. So I am very, very happy with that. It's more than I would have cashed out for if my fiance didn't talk me out of it last week. But here's the thing. Lions haven't really beat anybody this year. They faced 
two teams that remain in the playoffs, and both were in the AFC. They faced the Ravens. They faced the Chiefs. They faced the Chiefs back in week one, not playoff Mahomes as far from it as you can imagine, and they won 21-20. Good game for the Lions, uh, but then they got absolutely smoked by the Ravens. This isn't comparable. They're facing the Niners. They're only got to worry about the Niners this week. The rest you can worry about in a couple weeks if they get by the Niners. But they haven't allowed a 70-yard rusher yet this year. They haven't faced anybody like Christian McCaffrey. And only so many teams have. But still, they have not faced anybody anywhere close to Christian McCaffrey. One of the leading rushers against them was like Gus Edwards for 64 yards. So we're not talking about the same kind of monster. And if they can shut a team down and make them one-dimensional, then yes, they can do a lot better against them. And if you've got guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson back, you do have a chance. I'm not saying there's no chance at all. I think this is a very close game, but I do think the Niners have a lot more experience. Just on the team and as in general, they have a lot more experience. As a coach, he has a lot more experience. The Lions are a growing team. They're getting better. I love how much better they've gotten. I think this is going to hurt like hell if they lose, but I do think they lose this. I, I've got it in a relatively low-scoring affair as well. I got it like 24 to 20, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but I've got the Niners taking this, and I do think Christian McCaffrey finds the end zone against number one rushing defense in the NFL. Yeah, man, I got the Lions and I got David Montgomery. I just if they if things happen the way they should, I just the Lions defense has has surprised many on many different occasions. If they can even limit Christian McCaffrey and make Brock Purdy be the one that has has to win the game for him, I just don't see it. And if if the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, I will finally stop my hate on Brock Purdy. Um, but until then, we're going to get out of here. Um, so with that being said, make sure you guys like, subscribe, share, you know, tune in, sell your souls, you know, be built different, get on the train, shout out Belgium, all of that good stuff. Next time you see us, we don't know if we'll be in person. We don't know if we'll be on Squadcast, but it will be Super Bowl time. Um, we will give you an episode right before the Super Bowl because we're going to take a break just like the NFL is going to take a break. No one gives a fuck about the Pro Bowl enough to do a whole podcast episode on it. Um, so with that being said, man, we're going to get out of here. We hope you guys liked it. We did. I actually like, uh, as drained as I am, I actually feel like this was, this was amazing. Um, so yeah, have a good day, night, shout out Jared Goff, and we'll see you next time. Hopefully with the lions in the super bowl. <laughs>